Hey, what's happening, everybody? Thanks again for joining me, Ryan Hamilton, on another episode of Down the Line Sports. So let's go down the line for what we have today. Results from the American League wildcard baseball playoff game between the Red Sox hosting the New York Yankees. Results from the Los Angeles Dodgers hosting the red-hot St. Louis Cardinals in the National League wildcard playoff game. And guess what? We got some AP polls for week six of college football fresh off the press. We have some results from the WNBA playoff game fours. And guess what? It's Thursday. Thursday night football. Seahawks hosting the Los Angeles Rams. And all right, let's get into it. All right. So first things first, before I uh, get into, before I start talking about the baseball, just needed to stop, I need to bring up the, uh, what's been happening with the NL National League, National Women's Soccer League. So I don't know if you have heard of it or if you know what's been going on with the the incident that's happened with the National Women's Soccer League but basically what has happened oh and this happened this came out 2 days ago today's the today's October 7th it happened on the October 5th we had a play we had players Mel, Mel, Melania Shim and Sinad Farley speak out a report was released with both of them speaking out about sexual harassment and abuse towards women's soccer players, specifically them. And they were they were uh, uh, t- saying that the port they played for at one point in their soccer careers they played at the Portland Thorns under the head coach Paul Riley, and this was. Specifically in the 2014-2015 season, six years ago. So they went public about allegations of sexual coercion against their former coach, Paul Riley, and the lack of action from the National Women's Soccer League to, to listen, to protect its players, and... You know, it's just really sad to see something like this happen to players that get to this level of sports. And these players, Sinad Farley and Melana Shim, they they said that uh, their head coach, Paul Riley, had taken their their careers, or it felt like that. So, you know, it's just a little disappointing to to see they see this and hear about something like this happening. And to just yeah, just this it's just it's disgusting, really. And uh, what they, a lot of stuff has happened, but uh, after the after this news came out. An investigative report was launched by the the league, and the head coach 
Paul Riley for the Portland Thorns was fired. And the National Women's Soccer League Commissioner, Lisa Baird, actually resigned a day after, so Thursday, no, so Wednesday. And it's just really disappointing to see this and to hear about it. I mean, six years ago, this was, this, this was like, this, that's when they filed claims against the the head coach of Portland Thorns, Paul Riley, and it's 2021 now, and we're just now getting to it. So, I mean, yeah, I just needed to bring this up, and it's not right. It's horrible, you know. I, I hope the National Women's Soccer League really can come up with initiatives to better protect the players because that's all – the play, you know, the players want to play. You know, they don't. I don't think they need to worry about this external stuff that's going on. And it's just really disappointing. I've said that like five times, but it, it really is. So I'm gonna keep my eye on it, but uh, we'll we'll have to see. I, I believe they did come out with initiatives regarding the whole whole fallout bombshell I don't have it pulled up with me right now but we'll see what the National Women's Soccer League oh I have it right here independent review of practices and policies at the league and club levels comprehensive policies and procedures created for the league and all member clubs moving forward for uh Moving to ensure moving forward that there is a systematic, transparent, and effective execution of any harassment or workplace conduct issues. The continuation of ongoing investigations initiated under the National Women's Soccer League current anti-harassment policy and the recommendation of the sanctions where appropriate. That's another thing. I believe with these two ladies coming out, speaking out about this one, this one harassment, sexual harassment case, there's like a lot more that's, that, that has not been addressed within the league, what I've heard. And that if that, you know, whatever comes out after this, it's, it, you just really hope that there's, you know, you don't want to hear about more about tra tragedies and not tragedies, but like just disgusting stuff like this. It just sucks. It just sucks. There's nothing, nothing positive about it. So you you just really hope that they they can come out with some more policies, or really stick to a, a new commitment to fight this kind of crap. So that being said, now I wanted to jump into. Postseason baseball. All right. We had a good one. The New York Yankees going up to Fenway to play the Boston Red Sox. Winner takes all. Wild card game. AL East rivals. Last time they, they played in a wild card was in 2018 and Boston won. So starting on the mound for both the... For both teams, the New York Yankees had Garrett Cole, which 
I was looking at some stats for Garrett Cole, and he does not play good in Fenway or at Fenway in Boston. So I was really shocked the Yankees actually went with Garrett Cole, and I believe that he he was coming from within this season an, uh, an injury, a hamstring injury. Although they the Yankees were saying that he was fine and I'm, he looked fine, but it just looked like Garrett Cole. I don't know if that was the right decision. I, he's a great he's a great pitcher, but anyways, the Boston Red Sox had. Nathan Ivaldi on the mound pitching. And the, the I'm just going to go through the scoring plays. So the first things first, the final score, Boston defeated the New York Yankees 6-2, to thus advancing to go on and play the Tampa Bay Rays, who won the AL East. The, the first scoring play was Xander Bogart's Started off in the first inning with a two-run two home run. And then go to, I believe it was the third inning. Third inning, Kyle Schwarber, Cubbies legend. A solo home run shot into right field. Gave Boston a 3 nothing lead and basically ended Garrett Cole's night. They, the Yankees pulled Garrett Cole in the third inning. And right after Schwarber hit a home run off of him. I, I don't know if it was exactly right after, but it was pretty much right after Kyle Schwarber hit a home run off of Garrett Cole in the third inning. So going ahead, there wasn't, it was the scores 3 nothing Boston. And then the next scoring play was in the sixth inning. Anthony Rizzo for the New York Yankees. Yeah, it's weird still saying that to me. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo of the New York Yankees had a solo home run. It was a beauty going into right field, thus cutting into Boston's lead 3-1. to one. And that sixth inning was really a big inning in this game, this wild card game. It was honestly... It looked like the Yankees had a; they were going to come back right in that inning, and possibly take the lead. They had all the momentum right after Rizzo hit his home run. So that after Rizzo, the next player was Judge. He hit a double, and was on second base. And then Giancarlo Stanton hit a, a dinger, or he 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 didn't hit a home run, but he hit a ball all the way off the, into outfield off the green wall. So it was close to a home run. I believe it was a double. I could be wrong. I'll have to check that. But, uh, so Aaron Judd, this was the problem. This was a six inning, and the Yankees were rallying. It was They were only down three to one, and they had uh, Aaron Judge on second base and a great hit by Stanton. So, it was a base running blunder, a mistake. Aaron Judge was trying. He basically rounded third from after Stanton hit hit the ball in deep outfield. Aaron Judge ran around third because he got waved to go home, and the Boston Red Sox had a great field. They fielded the ball all the way from outfield to the infield and to home plate, and they got the tag out at home plate on Aaron Judge. 
Now, some people on social media were saying, were saying, you know, Aaron Judge is a slow base runner. I don't think that's the case. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, when he was calling the game, was saying that the third base, their third base coach, they in baseball they have like a guy standing over by third base, and first base, and they their job is usually to give you the, like, hey, go home, you're clear. You know, they're they're still fielding it, or they'll hold you up. So they uh, they waved Aaron Judge to go home, and the expert Alex Rodri- Alex Rodriguez was thinking that was a fatal, a crucial mistake, which he got he got tagged out at home, and that really from there on it it just killed the Yankees rally. They had uh, two outs. I mean Stanton was on. I think he got a double, so he was on second base. But from there, they it was over. The inning, the next one, it was a strikeout. And so after the sixth inning, with all that drama, the Rizzo solo home run, the the great hits by Aaron Judge and Stanton, John Carlos Stanton, and then the tag out at home on Aaron Judge, it was, it was like a, a pitching duel between the Red Sox and the New York Yankees because they have great bullpens. But I just needed to... Highlight, uh, Nathan Evaldi, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Nathan Evaldi, for the the pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, he did really good. He only allowed four hits, he only allowed one run, which was the Rizzo home run, and he had eight strikeouts, and he pitched five and one-third innings. He did really good for a wild card game. I mean, this guy was a a vet. He had lots of experience and years pitching. They said he he recovered from a Tommy John injury, but before that he was, you know, just as good as he looked this game. So Nathan of Evaldi was really good for the Boston Red Sox. But after the sixth inning, like I said, it was a pitching duel. And then the Yankees really had nothing the the rest of the game. They were just fighting to stay close, and really they couldn't do that either. The final was a uh, 6-2. So in Boston put on some more point or some more runs at the end of the game, and Stanton, John Carlos Stanton, hit a solo home run in the eighth inning. It didn't really mean much at that time. It was it, it was already six to one when he hit that solo home run in the eighth inning, and then the game was over. Boston beat New York. And advanced, and they they are advancing to play the Tampa Bay Rays, which the game's on actually right now. So, that was the American League Wild Card game. It was pretty good. It was pretty good in the beginning. I, I I enjoyed watching it. Shout out to the Toronto Blue Jays. They finished the season one game behind that last American League Wild Card, and my Seattle Mariners. They. Finished two games behind that last wild card. Oh, it was heartbreaking. And 19 consecutive years of no postseason playoff appearances for the Seattle Baseball Club. Gosh. Ah, that's embarrassing. Gosh. Oh, man. All right. So the next wild card game, the Los Angeles Dodgers hosting the St. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I didn't do my transition right. So down the line... The next wild card game, National League, Los Angeles Dodgers, Max Scherzer starting on the mound. 
hosting the St. Louis, the Red Hot St. Louis Cardinals with Adam Wainwright pitching for them. And a little bit of context, the, 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 the Dodgers very easily could have been NL West divisional champs and thus not having to even play in this single elimination wildcard game. But they finished like within, I think it was like one or two games behind the San Francisco Giants, which is, it, both of these teams were amazing. I mean, it, it's it's crazy when you have teams this good having to play in a wild card game. So, pulling it up. So the Max Scherzer looked pretty good in this wild card game. I mean, you get experience already with the Washington Nationals. So it's no surprise. And by the way, the Los Angeles Dodgers are they are uh they have 106 wins and they're playing in a wild card game. That's 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 just crazy. That just shows you how how good the San Francisco Giants and the Los LA Dodgers are this year. But uh one more stat about before I go into the stats in this game, the St. Louis Cardinals I mean, I don't think anybody really pictured them as a playoff team mid-season, beginning, or like after a little ways into the season. But the month of September, they had an 18-game win streak, which basically climbed them or helped them clinch that second National League wildcard game or spot. So the the Cardinals were red hot going into this game. I mean, I even saw on social media people picking them to go to the national league semis or yeah the semis or the championship i can't remember what they call it in baseball which is i mean it's it's crazy now because they they lost but the score oh yeah i should have said the score the score was uh la dodgers winning three to one over the st louis cardinals but again the, the cardinals were so they were probably the hottest team in mlb going into this game so it was crazy. Uh, some stats for the game. So right in the beginning of the game, there was a, a, a wild pitch. There was a wild pitch by Max Scherzer. And Edmund scored a run. Or Edmund had a run, which gave St. Louis a one nothing lead right in the first inning. Just thought of a, a wild pitch by Max Scherzer. So, Cardinals had the lead all the way until the fourth inning. That is when the Dodgers tied the game. So, the bottom of the fourth, Justin Turner homered, hit a home run, a solo home run to tie the game in the fourth inning, one to one. Justin Turner, he's always, I think he's been playing with the Dodgers for a while now. He's pretty good. And then a lot of scoreless innings going all the way to the bottom of the ninth when the Dodgers, I'm going to the scoring play, bottom of the ninth. All right, bottom of the ninth. All right. Taylor. Taylor, oh, I can't remember his first name. 
the Dodgers hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth with a runner on base to take a, a three to one lead, thus off, thus walking off with a win in the in that wild card game. So it was it was really tight in this game, and the Dodgers advanced to go on to play. Guess who? The St. Louis, or sorry, the San Francisco Giants. Ooh, that's going to be a good one in the National League Divisional Series, which is best of five. And the St. Louis Cardinals, that's where their season ends, which I think if you're a Cardinals fan, I don't think you're that upset because I don't know if you really expected to be in this position to begin with. But uh, love watching baseball. It's fun. So there's other series going on. The, so the, the Dodgers are going to go up to play the San Francisco Giants in a, a, a five-game series for the National League Divisional Series. Meanwhile, the Milwaukee Brewers are playing, are hosting the Atlanta Braves in a game of five NLDS series. So... I didn't say this for the American League, but the Red Sox are playing the Tampa Bay Rays in the ALDS, American League Divisional Series, best of five. And the Chicago White Sox are playing the Houston Astros in a, a, a game, five-game series at ALDS. And I actually have the score for that. The White Sox lost today 6-1. to one. At Houston, Lance Lynn was pitching for the Chicago White Sox. He lost, which he was he's really good. And I don't know the pitcher, but McCullers Jr. was pitching for the Houston Astros and got the win. So Houston leads one nothing, but I don't. I, I that's not really. I don't really. Uh, I'm not shocked by that to say the least. Um, just I'm just giving like uh, impressions on this. I didn't. I don't have stats on it, but I think Chicago still has a great chance of winning the series. I hope I want them to win the series. And, you know, Houston always makes the playoffs. So I think their players are more, they're, they're comfortable. I mean, I'm sure it's a playoff game and I'm sure, you know, there's always a little bit of nervousness and jitters or, you know, those, those play playoff feelings, you know, but, uh, I I'm not surprised by it. I I think I think Chicago still has a good chance. I, I wouldn't panic if you're a White Sox fan. But uh said the White Sox had 7 hits, the Astros had 10 hits in one error. So, we'll see. I'll make sure to recap or I'll make sure to go over the White Sox and Astros on the next week podcast. All right. So, Let's go further down the line. College football. Eight. Oh, wait, 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 one more thing. Let's back up, back up the line. So I think I wanted to give a, uh, my prediction for who I think is going to be in the World Series. I really, in the midseason, I was definitely, I was the one saying, I'll take the California teams against the field. And... I think I think the World Series is gonna be. It's gonna be the. Oh man, 
it's tough. I'm just coming. Oh, man, I, I really think it's going to be either the Dodgers or the Giants. But uh, if I had to pick one, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick the the Dodgers. I'm going to pick the L.A. Dodgers going to the World Series, representing the National League, playing the, wait for it, I'm I'm picking the Chicago White Sox to represent the American League in the World Series. Chicago playing the LA Dodgers and I think the I think the Dodgers are going to go back to back. But that's just my prediction. Uh, I'm going to try and see if I can put something at the end of this episode asking what you, your predictions are for the MLB World Series and who who's the winner. So maybe it's just going to be who who's your World Series winner for the MLB. All right, so now let's go further down the line. College football AP polls week six dropped. All right, I'm just giving some some reactions to this. I I haven't looked at it too closely. I did see the top four, but all right, so I'm gonna read it. Read it. I got number or so number one Alabama five and zero. Number two Georgia Bulldogs. 5 and 0. Alabama, they came off a of beating. They beat the heck out of Ole Miss. Like it wasn't it wasn't even really much of a game. Alabama just kept laying it on them and it was bad. No one everyone was a lot of people were thinking it was going to be an offensive football game, lots of scoring, but the only team scoring was Alabama in the first half. And it, that's all she wrote from there. So Number one, Alabama. Number two, Georgia. Georgia routed Arkansas. And I take back everything I said. I thought the Razorbacks were for real. And I still think they're a great team. But I may have been a little too optimistic about the chances and the odds for the, the Hogs. And I don't know, man. I, I, I'm a little nervous about when Arkansas plays Alabama because I actually have money on the line for that. <laughs> so, so one and two. One Alabama, two Georgia, three Iowa Hawkeyes, five and zero, and four Penn State Nittany Lions, five and zero. So the top four teams, one through four, are you know if you know. So basically, in college football, there's the college football playoffs, and that replaced the BCS championship bowl series championship game, which BCS was just number one team versus number two team in football. But the college football playoff takes the four best teams. Now these these aren't the official college football playoff rankings, which they release. They will release those in like a a week or two. But this is a good. This is definitely a good one. Good uh, source to go off of the Associated Press top twenty five. So we have two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. That's what I'm seeing right now, and. Yeah, I mean, these teams are all looking really good. They're fun to watch, and they're really good. Oh, man, Iowa Hawkeyes, they routed Maryland. They routed them. It was like 55 to 14. Oh, no, it was actually 60-something. I think Iowa scored 60. And, I mean, their defense, whoo, it's going to be good. Or They're really good. Their Iowa Hawkeyes defense look really good. And the big game for week six 
Iowa Hawkeyes are hosting the Pennsylvania State Nittany Lions. That's going to be a clash because these that's three and four right there. Number three is playing number four. And it is going to be a good one. Man, I don't know who I'm going to go for in that game. Uh, I think I'm probably going to have to go with the Penn State Nittany Lions. But it's going to be tough. It really is. Gonna be tough. So I'm gonna read the. I'm gonna go out, finish out the top ten for the AP poll top twenty-five. So number five, the Cincinnati Bearcats, or as I like to call them, Wincinnati, going into Notre Dame, going into the South Bend, beating the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, huge statement win. This is a Group of Five team, which is basically they're like a smaller, smaller colleges, not smaller colleges, but like. The they're not one of the big big name conferences, so Cincinnati is number five. They're undefeated, and they've beaten Indiana, Notre Dame, and they they've already uh they beat somebody in the American Conference, which is the conference they play in. So down the line, on this it's number six Oklahoma Sooners. They're undefeated, five and zero, but they've dropped. Oklahoma has dropped. There's so much talk about they they don't look good, but they still win, and it's crazy. I, it's crazy, but if Oklahoma wins out, I still, unfortunately, I still see them getting placed in the top four for the college football playoffs if they win out. They have a huge matchup, the Red River Showdown, State Fair in Dallas, playing the Texas Longhorns, and it's going to be a good one. So that Oklahoma's number six. Number seven, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They're four and one. Number eight, the Oregon Ducks. They're four and one. Oregon lost a heartbreaker to Stanford. Oregon was up by like a touchdown in the fourth quarter with a minute 30 to go. And they just they they were sleeping. They 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 stopped playing, and Stanford went down the field, forced overtime, and scored and beat them. And it's just it's just it sucks because the Ducks were the only chance for the Pac-12 conference to make the to represent the conference in the college football playoff. And I think it's over now for the Ducks, which sucks. It sucks. I'm still. I still think you should watch the Ducks because they have lots of talent. Although I saw something. I saw the Oregon running back C.J. Verdell, safety Bennett Williams, out for a year. I don't know if it's injury or not. Yeah, it's an injury. CJ Oregon leading rusher, running back CJ Verdell will miss the rest of the season after sustaining a leg injury in the Ducks loss at Stanford. That's crazy. That is crazy. Will the Ducks still be able to compete for the Pac-12 championship game? I had them picked, by the way, to play in the Pac-12 championship game. That's all I'm asking, but on that note, I'm getting on a side note, but the Arizona State Sun Devils, they look good. 
They look good. They beat. They just beat UCLA in an upset. They're playing in Los Angeles, I believe, Pasadena. So I had them pick to represent the Pac-12 South. So maybe it's more of a running for them now to win the whole conference. We'll see. So the Oregon Ducks are number eight in the AP pool, top 25. Number nine, the Michigan Wolverines. Well, we're we're gonna see if they're for real. They they're comp. I I can't remember their whole schedule, but they have a couple of tough games coming up. I'm actually going to see them play. Their their next game is at at Nebraska, and it's a Saturday night prime time game. It's a kickoff is at six thirty p.m. and Nebraska hasn't. Nebraska's undefeated at home and Michigan's only a three and a half point favorite, which is very for me, I'm I'm really nervous. I, I don't I don't I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty nervous, but I'm excited because I've never seen Michigan play football before and it's granted it's not in the big house, but still it's it's pretty I'm I'm excited, so not excited about that drive though. <laughs> so but uh, it's all part of the experience. So Michigan's number nine in the top ten, and the la- and number ten is the BYU Cougars. They're undefeated, five and zero. So, and the thing that I'm most surprised about, or the most surprised about, basically, is two SEC teams in number in the top four, and two Big Ten teams in the top four. The thing I'm most happy about. Cincinnati getting recognized for good wins and jumping to number five. If they win out, they control their own destiny. Or sorry, they control their own destiny. All they need, they have to win out. So keep an eye on the Cincinnati Bearcats out of the American Conference football conference. So I'm gonna I'm gonna gloss over positions or the rankings at number 11 through 25 because that's a lot and I don't want to take too much time going into this but uh Notre Dame I think they were in the top 10 in week six or in week five AP top 25 and they dropped all the way down to number 14 after losing to the Cincinnati Bearcats Oh, number 19, Wake Forest Demon Deacons are 5-0, and and they are actually in, in the lead of the entire Atlantic Coast Football Conference, ACC. The Demon Deacons, Wake Forest, who would I never, ever would have thought they would be number one as, as of right now, week six, in the ACC. So, let's see. I think that's the... Really, the only last thing uh, I I can think of to really talk about with this. So now let's proceed further down the line. The WNBA Game 4's results and reactions. Let's go into that. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I, I always say this about the WNBA, but I've been waiting to talk about it. I got some stats. I got some numbers. Let's go into the first one, the big one. The Connecticut Suns, the number one seed, got closed out, sent home by the Chicago Sky. The final score was 79 
to 69. Chicago Sky closing out the series, winning the series 3 to 1. And I'm not going to lie, I I mean Candace Parker balled out this game. I mean all I really I think all I really saw were highlights of CP and it just, it, you know, she was having fun out there. I mean, but it looked like she also knew what this game meant, you know, what was at stake. A trip to the finals and closing out a, a number, the number one seed. You don't, you can't give a team that, and don't get me wrong, Connecticut's a really great team. You can't give a good team extra opportunities to win. And the Sky took care of business. They really did. Uh, some stats. So, in Game 3 of the Sky versus the Sun, uh, what was that? Wait, what was I going to say? Okay, that's not it. I can't. John Quell Jones in Game 3 did not show up. I'm not going to lie, you know. She just didn't really do much in Game 3 at home. Or sorry, it at the Chicago Sky, but the the Sun almost won Game Three. It was actually kind of heartbreaking, but that's how it works sometimes with the sport, the basketball, which is which is also really cool about it. So John Quill Jones actually showed up for this team, the Connecticut Sun. This game in Game Four, she actually showed up. She put she was shoot she shot ten for eighteen, played thirty five minutes, made all of her free throws three for three. 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 5 turnovers, and a total of 25 total points scored for John... Oh, yeah, for John Quill Jones. And she... I mean, she did good. and But the rest of the team for the Connecticut Suns in this game just did not show up. And I... I, I, I just saw that. It just didn't... I mean... The, the next highest scoring player was, I'm going to read this. It's from the bench, Natisha Heideman, from off the bench, scored 16 points, 2 assists, 2 steals. And, I mean, that's like the next highest scoring player for the Connecticut Suns. I mean, John Quill Jones showed up, which is great. That's what you need the WNBA MVP to do. But they didn't really get enough um, production from other players. Duana Bonner only had four points. Uh, the, the the third highest scoring player had eleven points. Jasmine Thomas, guard. And I mean it. The rest, I mean, one of their starters, guard. Kalia Charles. Had no points. No points, one rebound, one assist, no blocks. Just not enough. I mean, it sucks. It really does. I'm sure the it's heartbreaking for the sun, but that's the game. Uh I just wanted to go over some stats for the sky. Uh Candace Parker. Seventeen total points. Shot six for twelve from the field. Nine rebounds, seven assists, two steals, two blocks. Courtney Vanderschloot had 19 points, 
four rebounds, four assists, one block. Quigley, six points, one assist, one rebound. All right. Uh, Kalia Copper, 18 points, zero blocks, zero steals, two assists, and six rebounds. I mean, the starters showed up, and I mean, there wasn't a lot of production from the Sky's bench, which could be a problem in the finals. But uh, the starters showed up and, di and did what they get paid to do, and that's ball out, man. I mean, nothing much said. I I'm sure Candace Parker really explained, because she's been there, remember? She's, she's a legend with the L.A. Sparks. And, uh, you know, vets know what the, they know what's on the line. And I'm not saying other play these other players are not vets too, but yeah. So I'm gonna go over the next game now. So the Sky are they advanced to the WNBA Finals? Candace Parker, I think this is the first season for her back in her hometown of Chicago. What a what a thing! That's crazy cool. So the next game, the Las Vegas Aces facing elimination playing against the Phoenix Mercury. This game was in Phoenix, and the Aces handled the Mercury. The final was 93-76. to 76. Thus, uh, Las Vegas is playing in a win-or-go-home game five at Las Vegas. They have the, they have the, the chance to close out this, this surprising Phoenix Mercury team. And... Oh, look at that. At the end of the first quarter, Phoenix was actually winning 29 to 24. But from there on from there on in the second quarter, Las Vegas outscored them. Third quarter outscored them. And so and then in the fourth quarter, Phoenix outscored Las Vegas. But by then it was already it was already gone. So I think I looked at this before. Asia Wilson, I, I thought really did what she needed to do she she was she stood up or she, she she basically took over chelsea gray also did really good for the aces i'll read their stats so asia wilson shot seven for 13 from the floor one for one free throw line seven for 13 from the floor 15 total points 12 rebounds two assists one steal two blocks three turnovers and Chelsea Gray, a guard, shot 9 for 17 from the floor for 22 points, 4 for 7 on 3 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. Yeah. The starters did good, and they had Kelsey Plum off coming off the bench scoring 20 points. Ooh, that's pretty good. Let's see, I'm just curious. Huh. Let's see. I mean, the 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 Mercury did pretty good too, scoring. But I guess uh, I think uh, when you you rebound the, it looks like uh, no, there's I don't know really what went wrong. Ah man, the starters for the Mercury did good. Uh, Skylar Diggins Smith, fourteen total points. I mean, I think that's good. Uh, I believe it's good. Tarasi, fourteen points. I mean, 5 for 15, though. 5 for 15 for Diana Taurasi with 14 points. Skylar Diggins-Smith, 6 for 17. Ooh. 
And then Brit- Brittany Griner, 6 for 19, 13 points. It seems like they just didn't shoot too good early on in the game. Um, Their bench, they had what's Shea Petty guard for the Phoenix Mercury off the bench, score 13 total points. 4 for 4 was perfect from the floor. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game 5 for sure. I, I, I think the... I like the Aces, but I don't know. I think the Mercury got something going on, and if they can just start shooting, if they can start making buckets early, you know, I think uh, Merc. I, I I have the Mercury going to play the Chicago Sky in the WNBA Finals, but uh, I will be going for the Las Vegas Aces. And that's all I really have for this topic. I'm I'm looking forward to talking about. More of the WNBA playoffs. It's been exciting. It really has been. Alright, so down the line. Continuing on down the line. Thursday Night Football is on right now. Seattle Seahawks are hosting the Los Angeles Rams. The Seahawks are 1-3. And and the Rams... Let's see. The Rams are 3-1. Seattle, 1-3. Or, sorry... Two, they're two and two, one and three in the conference. Los An- so the the NFC West standings: the Arizona Cardinals are undefeated. They're four and zero at the top. Next up, the Los Angeles Rams, three and one, and then below the Rams in third place, the Seattle Seahawks, two and two, one and three, and at the bottom, the San Francisco 49ers. They're two and two. So Seattle needs this. They don't. They don't need to. They don't need to lose another game to the an NFC West opponent. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard climbing back into it. Uh, I saw their running Seattle's running back Chris Carson. I think they scratched him like right before the game. They declared him inactive, so that stinks. Um, the the line was Los Angeles Rams a two point five favorite point favorite over under fifty four total points. Let's see what the score is right now. It's halftime. Seattle Seahawks are leading 7-3. to So, yeah, and this was also another thing, you know, Stafford. I don't know how often he played the Seattle Seahawks when he was with the Detroit Lions. Maybe he did play them a lot, but I was thinking it's a little, it's just crazy seeing Matthew Stafford in the L.A. Rams. It's cool. I mean, it's crazy because I've always seen him as the Detroit Lions quarterback, but... Come on, Stafford. I'm going for the LA Rams in this one. They're losing right now, though, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. So, since we're talking about NFL football, how about them Cowboys beating the once undefeated Carolina Panthers, no longer undefeated Carolina Panthers now? How about them Cowboys? Trayvon Diggs, he is a baller on that defense. Number seven, playing corner. He has, he's averaging an interception each game. He got two picks against the Carolina Panthers. I know the Panthers didn't have Christian McCaffrey. That's the one thing I hold hold against the Cowboys, unfortunately. But uh, I still think it was a great game by the by Dallas. Um, I'm surely optimistic about him. But I'm not going to be drinking too much Kool-Aid yet. So, is there anything else? Oh, Cowboys had a surprising release. They the Dallas Cowboys released linebacker Jalen Smith. 
I don't know why. I mean, I thought he was a he was a good player, but uh, they released him like two days ago or Wednesday this week. Today is again October seventh, twenty twenty one. Man, it's crazy. It really is. I mean, wow. And the Green Bay Packers signed him, Jalen Smith. So it's gonna be it's gonna be hard seeing him play for the Green Bay Packers. I like Jalen Smith. I really did. I think Cowboys said Jabril Cox is going to start playing a little bit more on defense. And, yeah, wow, it was crazy seeing that news. Really crazy. Wow. <laughs> all right, well, that's all I have uh, for this uh, this night, this Thursday night. I'm looking forward to going up to Lincoln watching the Michigan Wolverines play Nebraska uh, I uh, just wanted to thank you guys for listening you know it's it means a lot I, I'm having fun doing this it's I'm trying to I'm trying to bring some relevant stats and update you you guys my listeners on sports and uh, I hope I'm doing a good job but uh again I'm gonna and I'm gonna end this now but uh I'm gonna try and put a, a, a poll for who who do you think the who do you think is gonna win the MLB World Series? And um, yeah, all right. Thank you again for listening. This is Ryan Hamilton with Down the Line Sports, and we just we have just walked down the line. Have a good one, y'all. I'm out. <laughs>